Well, hey, hey, guys, welcome back to Can I Eat This? I am your host, Heather Horton, and today I'm interviewing Elizabeth Frisch, who is a big boss mama. That's all I'm going to say. She is a pretty much a badass. She's based in Texas. She's the CEO of a company called The Thrival Company, where they help a lot of, um, well, they help a lot of companies, but they, they also help performance type situations too, athletes, um, entertainers, that kind of thing. But she has a book, Mission to Millions, Taking Big Ideas and Making Them a Reality. She just is all about helping people. And the thing about her is that she noticed some changes going on with her body after her first pregnancy. And um, lo and behold, she uh, discovered that she had Hashimoto's. And of course, um, what we find out in this interview and what we've seen on our research is that it can be, there can be a link with celiacs. So she discusses that. She goes into her journey with the Hashimoto's and also, um, being linked with celiac disease and, and what she does for that. And it's pretty amazing. She's, like I said, pretty amazing woman, this person. She's also a recovering engineer. Um, so imagine that, you know, just being an engineer. Oh, I think we'll do something different and we're just going to be, uh, you know, a CEO of a big company. So, uh, and help your company. So I really, really enjoy talking with Elizabeth. So I, I hope you enjoy it as well. And without further ado, here's Elizabeth Frisch. Hello, hello. This is Heather. I'm back. And I am here with Elizabeth Frisch, as she says, rhymes with fish, but with an R. I think that's perfect. And she is the author of Mission to Millions, Taking Big Ideas and Making Them Reality. She's also the founder of The Thrival Company. Oh, my God. I'm so glad you're here. How are you, Elizabeth? I'm incredibly well. Thanks for having me. Looking forward to having a little fun with this. Yes. Well, thanks for being here. First, I mean, what is the Thrival Company? I want to find out a little bit about that. Well, I always jokingly refer, if you've ever watched the show Billions and the Wendy Rhodes character, she's like a fraction of what we do as an organization, but we are performance consultants. And so we tend to do our work in the background and under non-disclosure agreements. And, you know, we can work with people as diverse as sports teams and famous people to big global corporations. But at the end of the day, we really have mastered the art of finding the root of every issue so that if it's a, you know, leadership issue or an operational issue or financial issue, we're really, really good at helping people move past that so they can be successful in their business. Nice. So you, you come in and you kind of, you figure it out and you fix, you help them fix it. Yeah. And you help them One of my clients thrive. calls me a corporate fixer with a heart of gold. Because <laughs> I don't do that stuff. You know, if you call me in and say, I just want to slash staff, I'm going to say, guess what? If you're at the slashing staff point, not going to be a good thing because that means you have bigger problems because successful companies don't slash staff usually. Yeah. Or if they think they have to, they figure out a way around it. That should always be your last resort is my motto. Yeah. It seems like good, good companies want to help out this, want to keep the staff and want to do right by the staff, right? I mean, it seems like that would be the... Yes, know, and companies right who really master keeping staff who are their greatest assets stay successful 
the longest. So it's always been fascinating to me because I get to work with companies from, you know, startup, you know, fresh off of PE or VC funding all the way up to giant global companies. And the one common factor they all have is the human beings. And that's really been fascinating to me as a recovering engineer, because I always thought you could engineer human. The reality is human is actually a very set specific thing, but you can train humans to be leaders and to be successful. So, yes. Okay. All right. You know what? We're going to get into the engineer thing in a second, but sidebar, have you heard of the book Mindset? Mm -hmm. Is I think it's Carol Dweck. You have. Okay. It sounds like you totally are down with that and you're okay for everybody out there listening um mindset i can't remember the full title of the book i'm i'm I've, it's beyond that time of day where i'm my brain is functioning the but it's carol dweck mm-hmm. i think it is and they did a whole research thing on fixed mindset and the growth mindset and it sounds like you operate when you deal with these companies from the growth mindset definitely because organizations we find there's no such thing as steady state or balance you're either expanding or contracting. And so it's been very fascinating with me because the mindset work is basically, are they in an expansion or growth mindset or not? And you know how we ended up coming up with the name of the company because we had a really horrible name when we first started. Uh, thrival, it was, guess what? Survival mentality is contraction. Thrival mentality is growth. And so if we can get them to shift that, we get really great outcomes. Yeah. Yeah. The <laughs> Okay, what's what's the scoop on the engineering thing? That's where you that's uh that's how you started? Yes. I actually got my degree in chemical engineering <laughs> from Purdue and I'm such a practical girl. I had watched my two siblings come home after college, not be able to get a pay, good paying job and have to live with my parents and to me that was my worst nightmare. So I still remember as a senior in high school, walking into my college counselor's office and saying, what is the highest paid salary that I can get on a four-year education? Because I knew I had enough for four years of college. And they said, engineering. And I said, which one? They said, uh, at the time, actually, they had said electrical was the highest. So I went into electrical, was terrible at it, uh, and then finally ended up in chemical engineering. (laughs) And there I stayed until uh, my body went kaput and I had my first child and I had to have the realization you can't engineer human. Nice. So that, so, okay. So basically when you're just kind of doing your thing and that's when your health was like, hang on, hang on. And that's when you realized kind of what was going on with you was around that time when you had your, when you had your kid. Yeah. I had always been able to lose weight, get in shape. You know, I could, pork up like the best of them, but I could always take it off. And then it was very interesting to me when I got pregnant, um, all sorts of crazy stuff happened. In fact, my doctor joked I was allergic to pregnancy uh, because of all the, (laughs) you know, I threw up all nine months and all this other stuff. And, And while I was pregnant, they put me on this drug called Zofran because you know, when you throw up for the whole nine months, they are worried about nutrition. Well, that drug had some really um, negative side effects and up to and including slowing my metabolism. And, um, and then I had a whole bunch of other things happen. You know, I started developing arthritis after my first pregnancy and lots of crazy stuff. And it made me realize I kept trying to just do how I knew how to do as an engineer, which was 
take the task and grit my way through it and try to figure it out. And, and it was just getting worse, to be frank. And when my son was born, God bless him, he had to be in that body for the nine months I was struggling through all these health things. And he came out with his own set of challenges. And, you know, I read like, I kid you not, I probably read 50 books. And at the end of the day, I'm standing there holding my little kid in front of me. He's screaming at me. I'm crying. And I'm like, I don't know what to do. I can't figure out you or me. And he started to laugh. And I thought, huh. <laughs> so when I get upset, you think it's funny. That's interesting. <laughs> and that started me on this whole different path and epiphany. Because it was just never, it was like, oh. I'm totally in a breakdown and you're laughing. And to this day, when I get really upset, he'll still laugh because he thinks it's funny how I look. <laughs> and he's 16. <laughs> so it was just one of those aha moments where I, I thought, I'm trying to read all these books, but the reality, the thing I need to understand is this warm body in front of me, the one I have on mine and, and also him. And if I don't get that piece of it, it doesn't matter if I read any more books because you can't engineer human. You have to figure it out. <laughs> God gives us all a unique body. God bless us. And there's no textbook for it. Very so true. So I burned all Very my true. books and never read another book. Just <laughs> kidding. <laughs> You're all done with books. I laugh because my husband would be like, yeah, right. You've got like 5,000 on your Kindle, on your Audibles and everything. But at the time, I did take a little hiatus. <laughs> And decided maybe I needed to read different books. <laughs> well, what, how long did it take you, I, I guess, with all that stuff going on, like, how long did it take you or how long did it, you know, take the doctors to figure out really kind of what was Well, it was really was interesting and frustrating. And hindsight being twenty twenty, I can say it in a humorous fashion. But at the time, I kept jumping from doctor to doctor. And the first doctor said, oh, you're getting osteoarthritis. And I'd Google osteoarthritis and go, okay, I'm only 29. This is bad, right? And they'd be like, oh, it's just genetic. Yeah. There's nothing you can do about it. Then I went to the next doctor and he goes, but go see an endocrinologist. And then I go see the endocrinologist. And they're like, oh, you have Hashimoto's. And I'm like, oh, well, what gave me Hashimoto's? Well, we don't know, but you're stuck with it the rest of your life. And yeah. And it was oh, always geez. just here. What, what are the symptoms? We'll give you some thyroid medication, except with Hashi's if for any viewers and listeners who aren't familiar with it, you go between hyperthyroid and hypothyroid. So sometimes you need it because you're getting really heavy. Other times you're getting really skinny. Right. And so you have, to, it's just this roller coaster of stuff. And believe it or not, doctor number seven happened to be my chiropractor. And he said, have you ever mm -hmm. been tested for food allergies? And I said, no, I don't have any food allergies. And he goes, oh, let me just run a little test here. So he grabbed this vial, put it in my hand, put, first had me hold my hand, if any of you have ever seen kinesthetic testing, and he pushed on it. And I could resist him and hold my hand in place. And I didn't even know what it was at the time when he was doing it. I was just like, whatever, I'm game. And, and then he says, can you just hold this vial for me? And he put the, the vial in my hand and my arm dropped like a stone. And he said, uh, I think you need mm -hmm. to go get tested to see if you have celiacs. And I didn't even know what celiacs was at the time, but I went and yeah. um, did the blood test and the skin test. And they said, oh, you don't have celiacs. And 
you know, this guy was a bit on the cutting edge and he said, well, guess what? Those aren't really accurate. So go do this test. There was a pharmaceutical company at the time that had launched a different test and it came back like off the charts for celiacs. And what was interesting, the insurance company wouldn't even cover the test. Right. And, and then I looked at my child who at the time, by this time was two, three years old. And he was this emaciated skeleton, unable to hold his weight. And I thought, I wonder if I passed this on to him and sure enough, got him tested and he was too. So it was really interesting because it wasn't until I actually had a real endoscopy and got old enough to do that, that they said, Oh, we can tell you had celiacs and you've healed over because you have scar tissue everywhere. But I mean, think about it. Every known normal lab test said I didn't have that yet, you know, I was blessed wow. enough to keep trying to find an answer. And so, you know, the osteoarthritis reversed and the Hashimoto's went into remission. Um, yeah. And of course, huge dietary changes because it ended up being big. Like as I got into it, and you probably have done this too with your health, you realize it's not just weed or gluten. There's maybe other things that aren't good for you that drive you to stroke level cholesterol levels and things. So yeah, it's it's what, you know, I think something that is good for people to understand is, like you said, you keep saying, you know, in, you know, you can't engineer humans. Every, everybody's body is different. And I may be fine with nuts, for example, and then someone else not allergic, I'm not talking about an allergy, but someone else's body may just not, you know, handle that the nut like mine does and that and mine is cool with it and theirs is like oh you shouldn't have a lot of nuts not talking about allergy you know what I mean so Mm -hmm. yeah I I think god I'm fascinated that you've just come we're bumping along life and just do 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 and I went to Purdue I'm a chemical engineer I know how they did it on Breaking Bad and boom all of a sudden you know here we are and the poor little guy two years old oh my god um but at least he knows early, right? I hear it's better to find out pretty early than... It's phenomenal. He has an entirely different existence from me because his metabolism didn't get messed up. His thyroid didn't get messed up. He is a strapping six foot two uh, picture of health. And so he hasn't didn't have to do the recovery pathway that I'm still doing because of the depth and length that I ate something that was completely wrong for my body. Yeah. And um, so I'm really thankful and, and so thankful that we have all these opportunities now called the internet to really do research. And one of the things I really loved about one of my mentors at the time said to me, no one diet is the golden key for everyone. Right. Exactly. And I went through my, trust me, I went through my just piles of different gluten-free slash something diets. And it was really amazing to me. Some of them were on the surface looked hugely healthy and I gained weight, you know, Mm -hmm. (laughs) or hugely healthy and my uh, arthritis came back. So it's been a really an interesting journey that I always encourage everyone just make your body your little science experiment and really do figure out what it feels best with and what it doesn't and do less of one and more of the other. And that makes it maintainable versus I punished myself a lot in the early days of this uh, because I, you know, I'd had trouble on 
certain foods or certain things. And um, my weight still goes up and down. You know, I still have Hashi's at the end of the day. It's just, thankfully, I don't have the swings that come with it. Yeah. And let's talk about, if you don't mind, let's talk about uh, the Hashimoto's uh, kind of just sidebar here because, you know, we get, we're hearing more and more. Well, I guess, I don't know if you hear more and more um, with celiac stuff. You, it's, I guess you do hear more and more lately. And of course with the big, um, I'm in LA, um, you're out in the great state of Texas. Uh, we in LA like to do little diet fads that, you know, kind of come and go and, uh, you know, we do fun things like, uh, oh, let's just be gluten-free or let's just do that. Um, oh, I just don't want to eat just that much kale today. I'll do it tomorrow. So tell me kind of, uh, to me, it's almost insulting to people with like crazy, crazy allergies or diagnoses that are, you know, pretty serious. Um, but please, please, I want to know what, what they didn't give you much information, but I know I'm sure you're a well-educated woman and you were, you went on the internet and was, you know, checking things out. Hashimoto's, they still don't have a beat on really what causes it. Do they have some idea that maybe your celiac kind of maybe led into that or do they not think that? So interestingly enough, uh, and I continue to research the Hashis because Hashis is an autoimmune thing. It didn't exist in the way it exists now, you know, even 50 years ago. And the interesting thing is the research is showing that if someone is diagnosed with Hashimoto's, one of the first things you should do is test them for celiacs and don't do the blood or skin test, do an endoscopy or a stool test because the first two are horribly inaccurate once your body's immune system has gone into overdrive. And so that was how I ended up. In fact, it was a California doctor, Dr. Karazian. I did a consult way back when, because at the time he was one of the ones who had correlated a connection between gluten and Hashimoto's. Interestingly enough, though, with the advent of Roundup, which is a pesticide they now spray on all wheat and corn to cause it to ripen earlier, That's now being Mm -hmm. shown to be another cause of Hashimoto's because it basically chews up the immune system in your intestines. Oh my gosh. And so one of the other things that I adopted, so even though I got off gluten, I noticed corn was still triggering my Hashis. And again, since I'm an engineer, one of the things we do learn to do absolutely brilliantly is research. And so I started reading medical articles and studies, and then I kept finding these articles about uh, GMO, genetically modified corn that had the BT stuff in it, and another mm-hmm. other articles on the correlation between Roundup-treated wheat and corn versus organic. And I really, and just, you know, as an engineer, I'm not anti-GMO. You know, there's all sorts of things we've been able to genetically modify for our benefit, But this is one of those cases where we have definitely not done a good job because now uh, it's like three in 10 people, if I remember the stat correctly, will have Hashi's or some other autoimmune condition due to eating uh, things that have been treated with the pesticide Roundup. And you have to really dig for this kind of stuff. And so one of the things, if you've been diagnosed with Hashimoto's, no, most likely there is something you are eating that's triggering it because all the research I've done on it has said almost in very few cases, 
there's a food source trigger that put the immune system in overdrive that the body just attacked and went off the charts for. So I had to give up. I only do, I don't even do corn anyways on a normal basis. It's totally a treat food, maybe once a month, but I never touch anything that's a grain or a corn that's been conventionally treated with Roundup because that ended up, I actually ended up doing allergy testing, organic corn versus regular corn. I had a rash with the GMO corn and not with the um, organic. Yeah. And, and from what I've heard, um, and I say heard because I have not done the extent, the research that you've done, but I heard from a functional medicine nutritionist who said, yeah, majority of the corn out there is the the GMO corn. And uh, just like you said, that's like you didn't have the rash with the organic. It's just tougher to get, I guess, with in our country. Um, God, it's a bummer. And thankfully oh, for Whole Foods and other places, you can get it. But at the end of the day, corn still has a lot of lectins in it. And interestingly enough, mm-hmm. there's a lot of science coming out on lectins. And some people can eat them to their heart's content and never have an issue. Other people can't, and it shows up as heart disease and kind of cholesterol and other conditions of the, you know, your pulmonary tract. And my family's just heart disease central. And so I had to do an additional thing because the other thing was I went on this gluten-free diet, but it's very high carb. And then I had to do a complete reframe because suddenly my cholesterol was not doing well, you know, and I had all this other stuff. And then it was like, oh, okay, I guess I have to do more research because, you know, I fixed one problem and caused another. Yeah, that's the kicker. And like you said, I love I love your analogy of the science experiment. I love that. Just make your body <laughs> make your body your little science experiment. Because yeah, it I'm going to get real graphic here for a second, Elizabeth. I mean, my my nutritionist likes to call it elimination, but you know, guys, this pooping. All right, so I'm just going to put it right out there. Um I don't poop great. I'll be honest. I do better now, um, now that I'm, of course, eating certain things. But my boyfriend, you know, he's just a pooping champ, and um, it just drives me insane. But he can eat whatever he wants, and he just kind of whatever. I'm like, that would be my husband. It drives me insane, too. I'm like, how can you eat total crap and still have, (laughs) you know, me, if I miss my kale salad, I'm in trouble. Yeah. So... Maybe it's just the male genes. Possibly. Who knows? Don't know. He won't let, he won't let me experiment on him, though. He, <laughs> he's fine with me doing all the things with me, but he just looks at me and goes, glad it's working for you, huh? Yeah, yeah. Good job. Good job, babe. Doing, doing good. Job. good. I'm just going to be over here eating a Snickers bar. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I know. That's it. Watching that man sit on the couch and eat a pint of Ben and Jerry's, which if I just <laughs> snorted, I'd gain 10 pounds. You know, where's... Where's the fair in that? But I, I got it. I got the body I got. So I just need to be grateful and I am to be on the planet. Well, you so. know what? I'm glad I'm glad you guys figured it out when you were younger because I, I had another guest who's um, – she was diagnosed and her mom – it was because her mom was diagnosed. But her mom didn't find out till she was like I think 58. And mm-hmm. that – can you imagine going all the way up to 58 and then, then you find out? And just kind of, oh, I can't imagine thinking everything's kind of like, oh, this is just how my body is. This is what what I do. And then you find out, oh, I probably could have avoided some of this stuff, you know, years ago. Oh, yeah. I remember when my son was diagnosed, his first comment to me uh, after I took him off wheat was, it doesn't hurt to poop anymore. And I felt like mother of the year (laughs) because I looked at him and I said, 
why didn't you tell me it hurt to poop? And he goes, I thought it was normal. It's always hurt to poop. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Isn't that nuts? And I always look now, I think, oh, and I tell my kids this, pain is an indicator. Do not ignore pain because now what I realize is we all kind of go into that playing dead, ignoring pathway around things. And it's like, oh, it's just a little pain. Well, guess what? So much easier to deal with little pains than big pains. You know, before you're in bed, can't get out, you know, your knees feel like crap. And I think that's the hardest thing in the busy society we have today is, you know, I don't get to give up on figuring out my body. Because, you know, you, you grow old too on top yeah, of that, right? Yeah. So you have something that worked brilliantly in your 20s and then you get to your 30s. And then my 40s was a whole awakening of, oh, my metabolism decided to drop again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a woman. Here we go. Hormones. I know. Oh, I know. Man. Um, <laughs> well, I'm glad your son is pooping like a champ. Um, that sounds great. I tell, give him a high five for me. That's amazing. Uh, oh, I will. He's probably in the bathroom right now. He enjoys it so much. <laughs> this is hysterical. Got, Men in their throne. That's right. You got a little TV in there. He's just having a good time. Um, <laughs> well, what uh, <laughs> what specifically, I guess I, I kind of want to do a rundown if you're cool with it. Um, kind of mm-hmm. like your weekly, what do you gravitate towards for your, do you eat breakfast? Number one, do you gravitate towards that? Um, <clears throat> some certain things, you know. Uh, snacks. What do you What do you go for for your snacks? Um, you know what I mean. What do you What do you? Uh... Yeah, yeah. So I um, I do love bulletproof coffee, and so in my morning, I'm typically I'm not a big breakfast eater. I don't even I'm not even hungry when I wake up. So my morning routine typically looks like I take my coffee and then I add some you know healthy whey protein and MCT oils, and literally that'll get me through to almost lunch. If I get the munchies before lunch, I am a big nut eater and not huge quantities of them. But Mm -hmm. I am, if you walk into my office and open my drawers, I have, because a variety of nuts important. People are like, oh, I like almonds or I like this thing and don't eat peanuts. Yeah. Yeah. Unless you, unless your body's okay with them. Mine's, you know, eh. Um, but I have every kind of nut and even I make my own mixes. And so I always have nuts because blood sugar control was always an issue for me. And it is for a lot of people. We kind of feast in famine. Um, and then I still do, like, I don't actually eat lunch at a normal hour. I'm one of those people and I do own two companies. So for me, it's easier to light breakfast, you know, mid-morning snack around the lunchtime again, have something on the lighter side. So whether it's a smoothie or I, I'm, I love pre-made stuff, you know, I, I always make the leftovers and all that other good stuff that Sunbasket and all the other organic food suppliers, cause I'm super busy. I always have something that's just like a good bit of protein, a lot of vegetables, bags of salad. I'm the one who's at Costco buying the giant organic bags of salads and greens, because if there's anything I've discovered that I detest more in life, and if you are this person, just accept it and go buy the cut vegetables. I hate to cut vegetables. (laughs) Me too. (laughs) And so I am going to hug and support any of your listeners. If you literally hate it, just don't worry about the extra cost and buy them cut and eat them. Just accept that you're never going to find your Zen space around the knife and the cutting board. And once you accept that, then it's really easy to get your vegetables. 
Um, I do very little fruit. I treat fruit like dessert. So, you know, I may fry some apples and some cinnamon and some really healthy oils for something in the evening. Dessert is not a daily thing for me. Uh, I do keep, you know, little bits of dark chocolate and stevia is my go-to sweetener. And then dinner's kind of my hot meal. It's like my one, I don't know what it is about the evening, but I always want to have a hot meal. So I'm very big on sustainably sourced meats and grass-fed meats. I just feel better. And one of my indicators is indigestion. I notice when I stick with clean sourced meats, I don't get indigestion eating meat. And actually for a while I was totally vegan because I was just getting so much indigestion with my meats. And then veganism was horrible for me. Found out I'm not the type of body that can be vegan. Uh, Never gained so much weight in my life so fast on a diet. (laughs) And uh, yeah, and I found out after some blood testing not cannot be vegan, but I, you know, I was like, but I, I hate this indigestion. Am I, you know, again, my holistic physician said, well, maybe it's the quality of your meat. So dinner is always seafood and a meat and not necessarily a lean one, because since it's sustainably sourced, I'm not afraid of the fats. Um, so yeah, that's kind of my ritual, nice. you know, morning coffee with something good in it, nuts for my, you know, if I get the munchies, Lots of veggies at, at lunchtime and with my favorite, you know, t- nuts, toppings, healthy dressing. And then dinner's my hot meal of something of something that swam or flew or grazed <laughs> on grass. <laughs> nice. Yes. On grass. I like it. The um, the bulletproof coffee. That's I think that's something Tim Ferriss keeps kind of throwing out there. Is he is he the one that loves some bulletproof coffee? I've I've heard good things about it. Yeah. You know what? Um, I know Dave Asprey personally, and um, I have to say I was the biggest skeptic when he said his coffee doesn't have any mold and you'll notice the difference and it won't give you the jitters. And I kid you not, I notice the minute I don't drink his coffee. Wow. Yeah. Cause he has this whole very clean roasting process mm-hmm. that keeps the molds to a minimum. And, and then of course, putting the healthy whey proteins and the healthy oils in there, you really are satiated. It's, it's pretty interesting. And then of course it's nice. Coffee's got a nice uh, antioxidant kick to it. So, and then, oh, I forgot my green tea regimen. If I do need caffeine, I only do coffee in the mornings. Otherwise it's green tea the rest of the day. And then water, 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 80 ounces. So I have a healthy uh, regimen. I run up and down my stairs to go to the bathroom just so I get extra exercise. <laughs> up and down the stairs. I love Cause it. I, yeah, because, you know, it's hard to get exercise every day. But guess what? If you drink 80 ounces of water every hour, you're going to run up and down a flight of stairs. Yeah, you got to go to the bathroom. And it's not just for <laughs> pooping. So <laughs> exactly. So I was struggling getting certain amounts of exercise in my schedule. And then I was like, what's the one thing I do all the time? 80 ounces of water. That's predictable. So yeah, so that's another way I like added a whole bunch of exercise. So if you're in an office, that's more than one floor or that you can actually like go down to the next floor to go use the bathroom. And you next thing you know, like I get in 12 flights of stairs a day just from, you know, yeah, I think that little thing. I'm a big water drinker. I I don't go, I, I stopped drinking sodas when I was in college. Man, I drank a lot of sodas growing up. I, I grew up in the oh, deep so south. Did I. God, I was in the deep south, so we had a lot of soda. 
I, of course, we didn't call it soda. We called it Coke. Everything was a Coke, you know, whether it was Dr. Pepper or Pepsi. Everything or Coke. was pop where I grew up. That, pop. Yeah, yeah. So, so you got the Coke, soda, or pop. And basically, I drank it all the time. It was awful. And then I went off to college, and I played soccer in college. And freshman year, I actually lost weight. My friend, You know, everybody gains weight their freshman year. I lost about 20 pounds just from my coach was like, nope, you're not drinking that crap anymore. And since Mm -hmm. then, it's a treat to me. Every now and then, I don't drink the full-on stuff. If I'm at a party or something, I might drink a little bit, just a few ounces of it just as a treat. But yeah, it's not. I'm a big ginger beer fan. I love, Oh, like I don't do any soft drinks anymore, but the ginger beer, which is non-alcoholic, it's just quote unquote beer made from ginger. Um, nice. so spicy and delicious that it feels like dessert. In fact, Moscow Mule is my favorite drink now because I just, little vodka, a little ginger beer, a little lime, not too much sugar. And I still feel, you know, like, Hey, that was good. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So that's, I guess, well, yeah. I mean, what I was just going to say, what do you do for, okay. So you'd like a little, you like a little, uh, alcohol. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's not made from. Okay, that makes sense. Made from ginger. That's fantastic. That's a good little tip for some celiac yep. people out there. Okay. Yeah. In fact, that was one of the reasons why I like that drink is I don't have to worry. You know, vodka's clean. Yeah. Ginger's clean. Limes are clean. Yeah. I don't have to worry about it. And uh, yeah, so that ended up becoming one of my go-to drinks simply because I never had to worry. Whereas, you know, wines sometimes are in, you know, like some wines yeah. can do it. Some beers can do it. Some whiskeys right. can do it. You know, so it was definitely finding a clean drink that I liked was one of my goals because Friday nights we kind of just relax and yeah, and you want to have the option because I mean I'm not telling you guys hey to go hey just go out and get some get all sloshed. I mean what, (laughs) but I mean people want to know they want to have an you know an option if they enjoy to have a little spirit in their glass. You know they they should be able to enjoy that still and without having to feel like they are deprived of everything. So I think that's awesome. Thanks for throwing that out there. Oh, well, girl, I spend, I'm telling you what, thank you so much for joining me today. Where can people find, or do you want them to find you, uh, online, social, or? I am really easy to find online. In fact, if you just Google Elizabeth Frisch, chances are you're going to either find something on YouTube, something of my blog, Thrival Company is my company. We also have a brand. If you're into personal development, leadership development, like I said, I get to work with a lot of really cool corporations, helping them expand and create really great things. So if you go to yourcorporatestring.com, we always have great blogs. I have a podcast there where if we try to solve every workplace problem, I actually have a 52-week schedule each year and I'm picking off, I have thousands of letters from people over the years that I've worked with or emails. And so every week we just pick one of them and solve it. (laughs) Nice. I love that. Okay. And your last name is spelled F-R-I-S-C-H, just so people know. So Elizabeth Frisch, check her out online. She's uh, basically got a son who poops like a champ and she's amazing. So please, 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 she will come fix your company. Check her out. <laughs> Sorry, that's just like he's gonna be like, Mom, hey, God, why did you tell her that? Jeez. Oh, I know, because he'll probably, you know, someday you know be running for political office, and this is all gonna come back to haunt me that I was fixated on feces or something, you know, crazy like people do with what you say, and that's spur of a moment thing. You so, know what? Yeah. I'd vote for you. 
<laughs> all right. With that being said, all right. Thank you so much. You're we'll talk so to you welcome, later. Heather. Bye. Bye.